With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We made it to a Friday. It's a meat Friday. It's actually a stir Friday. Yeah. Stir Friday. Stir Friday. I like you did there. Teriyaki chicken stir fry spring rolls on the Traeger. Welcome to a Meat Stir Friday. Who has it better than we do? No, 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 nobody. Come on in, stay a while. We'll talk about the NFL schedule that was released last night. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Amazon, Thursday Night Football, former NFL quarterback, will join us. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk will stop by. We got basketball tonight. Knicks at the Heat and the Warriors at the Lakers. 76ers beat, uh, lost to the Celtics. And I said this yesterday, and I think I surprised a lot of the audience where I said the Celtics are favored in this game in Philadelphia in a closeout game potentially for the 76ers. And you're watching that game, and you're watching Jason Tatum, and you're going, and he was first-team All-NBA. And then in the fourth quarter, he looked like he was first-team All-NBA. You had three points in the first three quarters, 16 in the fourth quarter, and you survive, and you head home for a Game 7. And uh, here is Jason Tatum being interviewed by ESPN's Cassidy Hubbard. The struggle through the first three quarters with 16 points in that fourth quarter. How do you describe the confidence you had to trust yourself down the stretch? I'm one of, humbly, one of the best basketball players in the world. You know, go through struggles, go through slumps. It's a long game. And, you know, thankful I got some great teammates that held it down. Okay. Humbly, I'm one of the great, greatest players in the, in the world. And he is. But there are times that he just frustrates me. When you're watching, and it was a long offseason last year. If they had lost last night, it'd be an even longer offseason. Just ask Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. That was not close. That was the artist formerly known as, you know, he played really well in the first quarter. Problem is, you had three other quarters, and you played horribly. The uh, Denver Nuggets close out the Phoenix Suns and do so in impressive fashion. Here is Kevin Durant after the loss. Yeah, it sucked. It was a bad feeling. It was embarrassing. <clears throat> they came out and hit us in the mouth. We couldn't recover. You, know, you got to get them credit for being a disciplined team. I want to be fair to Kevin Durant here. Because he was injured, didn't play a lot of games with the Phoenix Suns, and it felt like they needed a little bit more rhythm together. 
I, I think that Duran and Booker are just so talented that that overshadowed some things. There's obviously something going on with DeAndre Ayton, and if he's going to be there next year, Chris Paul just turning 38, is he going to be there? Uh, there's already been talk of could you bring in Kyrie Irving and do a sign-and-trade with the Dallas Mavericks. So there's a lot of things <laughs> there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that'll solve everything. You should have heard the sound in this room when you I said know, that. I know, I know, I know. But this is the situation there with Phoenix. They gave up an awful lot. Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round draft picks. You were, you're ready to win now. And we thought with that star power, would that be enough? You didn't have depth, and it certainly showed. And you were going against a better team, a balanced team, and you were going against the Joker. Here's Durant on the Joker's performance. I always knew how great he was. <laughs> that these guys are good, you know, especially somebody like Jokic. I've been watching him playing against him for a minute now since he hit his peak as a player. So, no, I wouldn't say I learned anything new. Great team, deep team. Been together for what, how long Mike Malone been there? Six years. Well, that's a good advantage to have. You know, you know your coach, you know the players on the team. You got a system in place for that long. So, no, I wasn't surprised at all. Jokic is an all-time great. I'm going to go down as one of the all-time great centers to ever touch a basketball. Yeah, and another triple-double. It's sort of an oh, by the way. And it's rare. I mean, LeBron has done this, and that is be passed first. How many stars, great scores, are passed first? And Joker looks to pass first. I think he takes great pride in his ability to see the open man find the open man. And it, it's almost like I'm going to look and see if I can find somebody with a better shot and if not, then I'll just take it myself. And you saw that. You saw that throughout the series. He has a wonderful ability to find somebody and put them in a scoring position. And then we see him. DeAndre Ayton had no chance against him. And DeAndre Ayton wasn't 100%, but I don't think mentally he's 100% of Phoenix Sun. It just feels like that. There's still friction left over from uh, last season, the off season as well. So... The Nuggets advance. They'll wait for the outcome of the Warriors at the Lakers. And then uh, the Knicks and the Heat, you, uh, you have a lot at stake here. Because it feels like whoever wins the Celtics 76ers is going to go to the NBA Finals. I don't know if we look at the Miami Heat and New York Knicks as threatening. And those teams are better than those two teams. But I think with the Celtics going back home, you would think they would have an advantage. I'm not sure Jason Tatum agrees with that. The Celtics fans, they, 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 y'all love to call us out, right? Um, so uh, I'm gonna call you guys out um, this time. Like energy in the Garden has been okay at best all playoffs. Game seven, I expect, if you're there or if you're not there, if you're in your home, if you're watching at a bar, if you're watching down the street at a friend's house i don't care i need you to be up i need you to come with the energy because we're gonna need every bit of it um no excuses we need everybody so i'm calling you guys out let's make sure the garden is ready to go oh boy (laughs) oh boy you don't need to do this you don't (laughs) imagine if the crowd oh they did they did call you guys out and booed you last game at home but you guys deserve that Now you're asking the Boston fans that uh, I'm calling you out. Okay. Well, you guys better play well. Yes, Todd?
He's really setting himself up for We were all screaming and yelling and ready to go. Where were you in game seven? Yeah, He's putting Paul. all his chips in the middle. Yeah, Paul. You know, that headline of where, you know, we need more energy hasn't been there. It's going to get, that's going to be the feature. And then the second half of his comments were like, we need you in game seven. Just say the second part. We need you in game seven. Let's all step up. Let's all band together. Oh. You don't have to call anyone out. Yes. Nope. Don't you don't need, need to, to use the say. You don't need to nope. say that phrase. Nope. 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 Like, nope. Yeah, nope. How was your energy when you left James Harden wide open for that three? Whoa. Oh, sorry. We had a lot of energy then and then that. The all new Traeger Flat Rock Flat Top Grill is fired up today. Traeger.com. And uh, you can unleash your full grilling potential. It's spelled T R A E G E R. Traeger Flat Rock. Explore new flavors and make sure you uh, use the code DP show at checkout to get free shipping. Phone calls. We'll get to those coming up. 877 3DP show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP show. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app. You can watch for free in our radio affiliates iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. And nearly 390 cities around America that carry this program. Seaton, some poll question options for hour one, please. Last night, Jason Tatum had a good game or a bad game? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. How many times do you see a star player who's going to lose the game for his team comes back and wins the game for his team? He was clearly single handedly losing the game for yes, the Celtics was. for three quarters. <laughs> and yeah. how does he play that terrible and be the hero? But he's done this, you know, in other games in this series where you're going, hello, he, Jason. He played like that and then got to say humbly, I'm one of the best players in the world. <laughs> after that game, after that performance. If How he, does that happen? If he would have said, you know, I'm one of the worst basketball players in the world, and I'm also one of the best. And I just showed that tonight. I was terrible in the first three quarters here. How does that humbly, happen? Humbly, I was uh, great <laughs> in the fourth quarter. The Knicks are getting five and a half, according to DraftKings. The Warriors are getting two and a half. Warriors, two and a half tonight. Last time, it was uh, a three-point margin in L.A., and it ended up 104-101. Anthony Davis is expected to play. In case you're wondering, I've got the over-under points, Anthony Davis. Todd, I'm going to start with you. AD tonight coming off getting his bell rung. 23 and a half. All right. Seton O'Connor. Look at 17 and a half. Oh, <laughs> limited. 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 Okay. Marv? 25 and a half. Paulie? 24 and a half. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> Over, under LeBron James. Seton O'Connor. 25 and a half. Marv. 28 and a half. Paulie. 24 and a half. Fritzy. 27 and a half. Oh, a, a rare whiff. 26 and a half. Oh, dang it. Steph Curry. Over, under. According to DraftKings, Marvin. 40 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seton. 35 and a half. Fritzel. 32 and a half. Paulie. 29 and a half. 31 and a half. Come on, let's go. All right. uh, Game six, Clay. Over, under. Game six, Clay. Todd. 19 and a half. All right. Seton. 21 and a half. Blue, blue, blue. Yes. All right, we're back we now. Rallied. Uh, by the way, the 76ers are seven and a half point underdogs on Sunday 
in Boston. All right, uh, we'll get to phone calls coming up. Any other poll questions that uh, you're considering here, Seaton? Heck yeah, dude. Okay. You got poll questions. Yes, Paulie. I, I just got a quick question going back to Anthony Davis. It was quickly reported after the game, quickly, yes. that he uh, did not have a concussion. Then it was confirmed, anonymous sources, by the way, uh, today, yesterday. Are we sure he didn't have a concussion? And if this were another sport. And why do you have to have anonymous sources? Yeah. If if he didn't have a concussion, then just tell me who it is. I, if, we, if this were an NFL game and a, on a Sunday night, a player had to be helped from to the bench and then had to be helped to the locker room for further evaluation. And in a wheelchair. Yeah. Now, maybe he was dizzy, but whatever. Um, and then he played 48 hours later. I guess for NFL, it would be like playing four days later. I don't know, it just seems like no one's even entertaining the fact that this guy's concussed. We're not conditioned to question basketball players. We're conditioned to question football players. We talk about it all the time. Yes. When they get hurt, you're like, oh, concussion. They go into the tent. Oh, is he hurt? I mean, when I said to Fritzy, reach out to the NBA, I got to find out the concussion protocol. And then we find out, yeah, they do have one, and this is what it is. And if he did have a concussion, their language says he wouldn't be able to play for 48 hours. He wouldn't be able to play tonight. But it was very quick. That he doesn't have a concussion. Like, nothing to see, move on here. And I hope he didn't or doesn't have a concussion. But the way he reacts, uh, where he's hit, you know, in all likelihood, could he have suffered a concussion? Yeah. But you have to take the medical team's uh, you know, diagnosis here. Yes, Todd. An anonymous source makes you feel like if it happens to get out down the road that he did have a concussion, you can't trace it back to an actual person. Yeah. But I would think, I mean, do you have to have an anonymous source on this? Initially after the game, uh, Chris Haynes, great reporter for your uh, NBA and TNT, said uh, a couple sources told him yeah. that he didn't have a concussion. I don't know how long it takes to assess a concussion. I, I don't know what test they put him through. I, I think we're kind of well-versed in what the NFL does. But they go into the tent. And then soon after, they come out, and then you find out if they have a concussion or not. But, yeah, it was quick, but hopefully he doesn't. Darvin Ham, you know, confirmed it yesterday that he doesn't. Well, of course he's going to do that. If he went, no, he, he's got a concussion. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm the anonymous source here. <laughs> but he's uh, going to be playing tonight. This could go a long way in his legacy. He played well. They close out Golden State. They're going to play in the Western Conference Finals. Um, but this is, once again, the formula is usually as follows. In a When you win four out of seven, you need your star players to win two of the four. And then you need a role player to play above uh, his pay grade. And we've already seen that with Lonnie Walker. He He played really, really well. This is where you need... Is it Austin Reeves who has one of those big games? Somebody needs to have a bigger game than they normally do. And the same with Golden State. You know, it should be Steph and Clay, but Clay hasn't been what he once was and may never be there. Uh, you've got Andrew Wiggins. He's got to step up. Jordan Poole. Andrew Wiggins has an injured rib cage. I don't know if it's cracked, cracked rib. But, you know, now Jordan Poole, can Draymond Green do what he did the last game and be more of an offensive threat? But you're going to need somebody who doesn't normally put up those kind of numbers to have one of those special nights. And that can be the difference in whether or not we have a Game 7 or the Lakers move on to the Western Conference Finals.
All right. So we'll uh, settle on a poll question, uh, Seton. Yeah, I think we're going to go with Jason Tatum. All right. Did he have a good game last night or a bad game? <laughs> I'd say he had a bad game because. But he's a hero. He is. He is. But because his teammates helped him out to keep them in the game. Although I'm watching the 76ers effort, and I kept thinking, are you urge- is there any urgency here? And Embiid went the final four minutes without touching the ball. How does that happen? And as much as I want to say, well, Embiid's got to want the ball, Doc Rivers has got to say, guys, he's the MVP, remember? And they don't get him the ball. Shocking. And it seemed like there was little life in the 76ers at times. And I kept thinking, what's going on? And then I watched the Phoenix Suns, and then I realized that team had no life whatsoever. And they were done. They were like, that's it. I mean, you're getting embarrassed. You're down 30 at halftime at home in, in an elimination game? Yeah, Mark. This is two years in a row. Remember, they got spanked yes. by Dallas. Dallas. Elimination yeah. game at home. I know. I know. Spanked. Going to be some changes there, I think, in the offseason. Going to be some changes. But here's Kevin Durant, and, you know, we're, we're running out of time. You know, you want to get your own signature championship. You don't lean on Golden State and Steph. You you were in Brooklyn. Now you're with Phoenix. I mean, this is four stops here. And Steph is on the precipice of maybe playing for another championship. And KD is really far away. That's not all on him. I'll, I'll say it again. To be able to have him go through an entire season with a team uh, you know, but they didn't have any depth. It didn't matter how great or comfortable he was going to be. That team had no bench. None. Yes, Eden. I mean, you're trying to, you're throwing out Bismack Biombo to take on <laughs> the guy who probably should have been the three-time MVP. Yeah. That is a tall task. Yeah. And then you're throwing out a guy named Jock who's out there trying to guard him. And he did his damnedest. Like, he looked like the guy who was ready to guard the Joker. And then all of a sudden... Clapping. Yeah, come on in here. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Jock Landale, 6'11", out of St. Mary's. Yeah. He looked like he he was uh, treading water at one point trying to cover Jokic. It looked like he was uh, attacked by a swarm of bees. He just got his (laughs) arms all over the place. Like, I I can't guard him. (laughs) Warning, danger, danger. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments, where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, Okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thursday night football analyst, of course, former NFL quarterback. You can catch him and the entire Thursday night football crew on Prime Video this fall. Good to see you, bud. How you doing? How's the beard? Beard is uh, actually combed this morning, so I like hopefully it. it looks good for you. Yeah, I like that. Do you oil it? Not much. No, I am pretty. It's pretty low maintenance. Maybe a little. Maybe a little blow dryer every now and again. <laughs> When's the last time you were clean shaven? Years and years. My kids will not let me do it. And I don't know. I'm afraid. I don't know what's under there right now, to be honest. <laughs> you could have a paycheck under there. You wouldn't even know it, as big as that <laughs> thing is. All right. Um, the uh, schedule released last night. I, it, can you be an interesting team but be a bad team? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I've got the schedule printed out here. One of the ones I was looking at, November 9th, Carolina, Chicago, you know, which as we're going through the games, I'm looking at it thinking, gosh. Uh, but, you know, by November, we've got the number one pick that's going to be playing. We've got Justin Fields, who I think everybody's looking to improve this year. And all of a sudden, you've got an intriguing matchup of quarterbacks 
that, you know, maybe the initial look at that game, I was thinking, ah, you know, we'll see. But and, and even being in Chicago that time of year is going to be great, too. But how excited would you be when you were playing when the schedule came out? Uh, it depends on what team I was playing for, because usually it was, gosh, we're playing at one o'clock every <laughs> single week. Uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I think catching a, a, a Thursday night game, a Sunday night, a Monday night, that yeah. was always the excitement was being able to play in front of your peers. Uh, but yeah, you know, one o'clock makes for a lot of uh, dinners at home with the family on the home games. But would nice. you rather play if I said you could play a one o'clock or you could play in the evening? As a player, uh, yeah. I know you said you want to play in front of you know the biggest audience there, but as far as routine and schedule, uh, is it easier to play a day game than a night game? As far as you know, seeing things and atmosphere, all that involved. Yeah. So, so I think yes, being in a normal routine of every week, one o'clock, whether you're traveling or you're playing a home game, that's easier for players. Uh, that being said everybody wants those night games because I know what comes with that eyeballs come with that that means that the league views you as a team that has a chance to be legitimate and you've got these teams obviously the Jets this year they're going to have to adjust because with the Aaron Rodgers factor I mean a lot of those guys they haven't really played in any primetime games uh, the last few years in their young career so it's going to be an adjustment for them but then you've got Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen those two teams in Kansas City and Buffalo are so used to, okay, we're going to have five or six a year. I'm not sure why the Chargers have six primetime games. I understand Buffalo and Dallas and Kansas City. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't need to explain to you that, you know, the L.A. market, obviously, but also Justin Herbert. I think there's so much intrigue around him. And, you know, you take Justin Herbert, who has had multiple coaches now, and you insert Kellen Moore, who's led the highest scoring offense the last few years in Dallas, I think there's a lot of intrigue around that team. And, you know, I would say uh, it would be an understatement to say that they underperformed last year with the hype and the yeah. expectation of what their defense was supposed to be with all the new additions last year. But I'm thinking, why not Cincinnati playing six? They have four. I mean, Joe Burrow uh, got right. a lot of, you know, cha- I mean, you got you got an interesting team there. Um what else was I? Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, maybe not. Um, but I. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll say this though. With so we actually have Baltimore, Cincinnati this year. Um, I think everybody every year now wants to see um, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Cincinnati. If it happens to be that they're matching up, but this Baltimore, Cincinnati game, I, I think with Lamar Jackson. There are question marks because of the injuries and what's happened the last few years, but I'm really excited about what he's going to do this year. A, the contract stuff is behind us, so that's not going to be in the back of his mind. If he's nicked or ding, you know, he's going to be a football player. He's going to play through it, but Todd Munkin, a guy that I played for in Tampa Bay, and some of the weapons that they've given Lamar, I think that offense, it is going to be very intriguing this year to see where they can go. Um, so to be able to have a matchup for us, like Baltimore, Cincinnati, uh, that's one of the ones, you know, if you're circling your favorite game on Thursday night football, that's one of the ones I think a lot of people would circle. I saw where green Bay has five primetime games. And I know there's a great fan base, but, and Minnesota has five. I don't know if people are tuning in to watch Minnesota. You'll tune for the curiosity with Jordan love, but I don't, I don't know if those are, 
interesting teams. Yeah. So the Green Bay stuff, you know, we have them week four, which I'm very happy we have them early because there is a lot of intrigue. <laughs> yes. right? There's a lot of intrigue about Jordan Love and what this team is going to do. But I also think you're going to see, I mean, Coach LaFleur, we're going to see what kind of coach he is, you know, because there's no more Aaron Rodgers. And I think you rely so much on your veteran quarterbacks that you take it for granted sometimes. And so for Aaron Rodgers to hold that place together for as long as he did, there is intrigue. But as they, let's say that they get off to a bad start and start losing games, that intrigue is going to wane. So week four, Green Bay, we have Green Bay, uh, Detroit. Looking forward to it. I'm glad it's not week 16. How much does the veteran quarterback help a rookie quarterback or is supposed to help a rookie quarterback? A lot. Uh, really, just the approach to the game. The NFL game is so different. The study habits have to be so different. The way that you take care of your body, the routine that you get into, all that stuff, being able to learn from a guy that's done it. And I would just take the example of Carolina. Really smart move to bring in somebody like Andy Dalton, uh, who's done it. Josh McCown on the coaching staff, who's done it. So now we're going to try to groom this young guy, and you have a couple willing participants there that are going to say, look, this is what I've done in my career. This is what's been successful, what hasn't. You've got to choose your own path. But it's really important because it's the toughest position to play, and you don't want a guy out there just winging it, trying to figure it out on his own. But how difficult is it to groom the guy who's going to take your job? I just think there's there's certain guys. You, just, you know, I was in a position, especially late in my career, that was my role. My role was... I'm going to try to find a place, you know, every year it seemed like I got to find a team where I can play. I know they're going to draft a guy. I'm going to help this guy, but I'm going to be the placeholder for a year, whether it's a year or half a season or whatever it is. And it's a difficult thing because, you know, for me, it was like, okay, I've won over this team. We're playing well, but you know, there's always that, you know, hourglass where the sand is running out and you're going to be on the bench and then you've got to support the guy. But that, for me, that was the back half of my NFL career. And a guy like Andy Dalton, uh, trying to think of other guys, you know, Mitch Trubisky, I guess, last year maybe is in that. But you've got to embrace it because you know that that's your role and that's what's going to help each franchise that you play at. Talking to Ryan Fitzpatrick, Thursday Night Football analyst, and uh, they'll be on Prime Video this fall. Look at Ryan Tannehill. This is the second consecutive year they've drafted somebody who's supposed to take his job now you got Will Levis coming to town. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Uh, you know that that's all going to be contingent on how Ryan plays. It, it really is, and unfortunately, with Tennessee, you know they went from the number one seed two years ago to falling off last year to potentially falling off even more this year, just with more age and tread on some of the veterans' tires. Uh, Ryan's a really good quarterback, but he's got to be in the right situation. Um, and, and so, you know, he is going to be one of those guys. He's not going to be looking over his shoulder. He's going to go out and play. I think we saw with Malik Willis last year, he's not ready. He he wasn't ready to get out there when Ryan got hurt and play. Will Levis, I think, would be in the same category. So they want Ryan to do well and succeed, but it is an interesting situation where they keep drafting guys to replace him. How can Tua Tungavailoa play differently to play safer? You know, that's a hard 
It's a hard question because, you know, he, the one thing that he does really well is he can anticipate, get the ball out of his hands. And so, you know, that's something that's going to be a real strength for him. Play calling is the same way. You can protect your quarterback by some of the plays that you're calling. If you have a play down the field and they're going to want to throw the ball down the field to Tyreek Hill, they're going to want to throw it down the, hill, down the field to Jalen Waddle. That's where that San Francisco offense, the play action, freezing everybody at the line and buying yourself a couple extra seconds, moving the pocket, uh, that's really going to help Tua. But he just, you know, I heard he's, he's taken – judo classes and learn how like that that stuff that stuff really doesn't matter it's going to be getting the ball out of his hand it's going to be maybe getting some guys up front to protect him even better and just one more year in that system of him understanding where his issues are and protection will be helpful for him how good were you at hiding injuries uh good you get good at it for sure it, part of it is you know you want to be out there you have to be available for your team and especially position I was in, uh, you know, I was never that franchise guy. So I had to be available or else they were just going to move on and go to the next guy. But the other part is you don't want the other team to know, especially, you know, playing a position of quarterback where you're vulnerable, whether it's a rib injury or an ankle injury or a shoulder injury, you don't want them to know to be able to go after you. Good to talk to you. You enjoying TV? You got it figured out? I am. Yeah, no, still figuring it out. But I had a uh, I had a great first year. I think the same as with football. It's it's a team environment that you try to create. There's chemistry that you know we had some great natural chemistry, and then there was some stuff we had to work on. But having great relationships off air really does translate to good stuff on the air. I think that's what I figured out in year one, and I really like the people I'm working with. When I first started at Football Night in America, I said, we need to have a dinner every Saturday night just to talk. You know, then you're, you know, you're talking about your family or you're talking football, whatever it is. It's almost it, it gives you that built in uh, kind of camaraderie and, 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 and therefore you're trusting each other on the air. And, and I, I did that with Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison, and I thought it made us better because we knew each other. As opposed to you're, you know, introducing yourself to Joe Thomas and like, hey Joe, how are you? Ryan, how are yeah. you? Well, and we, you know, we did that. And I think so, somebody very smart that was on the team recognized the significance of that. And every Wednesday night, we would fly into the city. We would have our dinners. We actually had a dinner in Denver that got a little out of hand. Big sushi bill, and then uh, you know we had to scale it back a little bit. Um, after that, but how much was we, the uh, sushi? Let's guess the sushi bill. I'll just tell you over or under. So you take okay. a guess, okay. and I'll tell you if you're high or low. Five thousand. So, oh, you're pretty. You're pretty close. You're pretty close. Now, I will say it wasn't just the crew. It was the producers. It was that we had the back room. It was twenty plus people. So you're probably a little low. All right, six thousand. Right around there. I, I don't know the exact. You know, <laughs> who I, paid for it? Uh, I, I'll say. You know, we've got we've got the highest paid fifth round pick of all time in Richard Sherman. We've got Andrew Whitworth who did pretty well for himself. Tony Gonzalez, no slouch, especially with all the money he's picking up for the commercials. So um, usually, usually we just leave it with Big Wit. You know, just because he's <laughs> he's such a force in L.A. So. 
Well, you are working for the richest man in the world, and Jeff Bezos. So, I think they, you, they paid they paid a lot of money for the rights. Though, you know? <laughs> so, we're <laughs> good to talk to you, Ryan, and uh, thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, Dan. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Thursday night football, and uh, you can catch him the entire Thursday night football crew on Prime Video this season. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Mike Florio, his book, Father of Mine, about the mob in 1973, available online wherever books are sold. He, of course, is... uh 
the popular co-host of Pro Football Talk Live that precedes this program on Peacock, and he contributes to NBC's Football Night America. Mike, good to have you back. Um, what stands out? What was the one thing that stood out from the schedule release? Well, we all wanted to see when, where, how often we would witness the Jets with Aaron Rodgers in standalone games. Six in all, four more that start at 425 p.m. Eastern, which are big audience games. Those generate huge ratings on CBS or Fox. And when you look at their schedule, and Dan, this is something to keep in mind because everybody's going to expect the Jets to make it to the playoffs. There's a quirk in the schedule where you have a rotation every year. Every team from a given division plays all of the teams from one of the other divisions in the conference and all of the teams from one of the divisions in the other conference. And it just both rotate every year. And it and it fits together. And this year it has landed like the wheel of fortune on AFC West and NFC East. That's half your schedule against two of the better divisions in the NFL. Yeah. So when you start talking about wild card berths, and, and also you're cannibalizing six games of your own schedule against your division rivals. I'm not so sure more than one team is getting out of the AFC East this year with a playoff spot. Whoa. I don't know that one of those other teams is getting a wild card berth. And you look at the Jets, they got the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Cowboys in the first five weeks. They got some tough games, and they may not make it to the playoffs. But then you're saying the Dolphins may not make it to the playoffs. And the Patriots. Patriots not making the playoffs. It may be one team and one team only. That's why week one for the Jets is so critical, Dan, because if they lose to the Bills at home and then they have to go play at Buffalo later, you get swept by the Bills. Good luck beating out the Bills for the division title if the Bills have swept you, beaten you twice, and hold the head-to-head tiebreaker. So that week one game is critical. Those early season games are huge for the Jets. Do you think the Jets roster is ready for this? We know Rodgers can be, but the Jets roster, their coach, the coverage. Now it's you're not a oh you're the Jets. Now you're you're the oh you're the Jets. Expectation level is through the roof. Well, and part of it is you embrace it because along the way you make a lot of money, you get a lot of attention, you get to bask in the spotlight, even if at the end of the day you're on the sideline watching the other teams play in the postseason. So there's different ways to define success from a business standpoint. Only one team wins the Super Bowl, but all the other teams have to make money. And the Jets have been irrelevant for so long. This is their moment, however it plays out. And I interviewed Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, yesterday, and I tried to figure out what's that line of demarcation between success and failure. What does it take for you to say, we did the right thing here? And it's going to be fascinating to see because they're never going to admit to us. They're never going to say, I mean, we really screwed that up. We never should have traded for Aaron Rodgers. But they're going to be relevant. They're going to be present. They're going to make money. But how good are they going to be? And you raise a great point. You got They got a lot of young players who are going to have to grow up quickly if they want to compete, especially if they start off two and four through their first six games, which isn't impossible. I brought this up. I don't know if you had any further information on it, but. When's the last time a team that didn't make the playoffs from the preceding year opened up in the first game of the season against the defending champs? So yeah, that's a great question. It's a great question. And I I didn't consider the Lions as a candidate for that opening game. 
in part because I wasn't sure the NFL would fully lean into this buzz that the Lions have developed. But when I saw that that's the first game, I thought, this is great. This is great. You know, the Lions have not been relevant forever, not since Barry Sanders. You could argue maybe 2012, but that year they were terrible. Calvin Johnson set the all-time single-season receiving yardage record, and they had Matthew Stafford, they had Dominican Sue, but they weren't great. It's been a very long time, 31 years since they've won a playoff game, for crying out loud. But I, I think it's fascinating. But you're right. The Lions haven't proven anything. They've got a high bar. But they're not must-see TV, Mike. I think they're a good team. When I say the Lions, you think of their head coach. That's what I found interesting. Uh, you know, the Vikings aren't interesting. They might be a good coach or a good team, but this is the opening night. I just found that interesting that if you were going to have a game, do you need to have a game where we're tuning in for both of these teams? As an NBC employee, allow me to <laughs> to make the case for watching the first game of the season. And, you know, Dan, look at the captive audience games this year. I think the NFL decided not to drop great games into the spots where they know that we're going to watch anyway. We're going to watch on Thanksgiving. Why are we going to burn Jets at Cowboys on Thanksgiving? I thought there was a chance that would be the Thanksgiving game. Why do it? Why bother? Okay. We're still going to tune in and watch Commanders Cowboys. What else are we going to do? It's Christmas games, Raiders Chiefs. Okay, fine. We're going to watch anyway. It's not a, not one of the great games on the schedule, but drop it there. And I think that same mindset may have applied here. People are still going to tune in to watch Patrick Mahomes. He has transcended football. He is now a star. Met Gallic, Kentucky Derby, everywhere you look, there's Patrick Mahomes. And the Lions do have that up-and-coming vibe. They've got an enigmatic and and charming head coach who everybody wants to hear from. So they could have done a lot worse than the Lions, and I think it'll do a huge number. And they kept in the bag one of the great games, Eagles-Chiefs, for example. You know, one of the games we looked at and said, well, that's likely to be the week one opener. They hold it for later in the year. Why are the Dolphins and Chiefs playing in, in Germany? Dan, you know, we got a lot of people that watch our show on Sky Sports Action. That's what they call it in the offseason. It's Sky Sports NFL in the regular season. There are a ton of passionate U.K. NFL fans. I don't think there are enough. I don't think it gets enough play in London. I think this game in Germany, Dolphins Chiefs, is an acknowledgement that the ceiling may be higher in Germany yeah, for the NFL I agree. than I agree. it is in England. Yeah. And if, I, if I'm a British fan of the NFL and we've been kissing frogs for 16 years with these crap games you've been sending over, <laughs> they get Tom Brady their first year, they get Patrick <laughs> Mahomes versus Tyreek Hill the second year. What are we? Well, I, the fervor, the excitement, Peter King says it was like attending a conference championship game, going to that game in Germany, and I think the NFL is understanding that and embracing it. More worthy of primetime games, in your opinion, if I said the Chargers are Cincinnati. Chargers have six, Bengals have four. Well, you know what? I'd say the Bengals are more worthy of that platform and that presence because Joe Burrow is just fun to watch. The team is great at this point. But with the Chargers, you can always count on them doing something to make a game interesting. You And, and, and you know, the, the very dated reference that I make about the Chargers, they, they're my Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana team. It's always something with the Chargers. So – they're going to give you something. They're, they're going to they're going to turn a bad game into a good game. They're going to turn a good game into a bad game. They're going to blow a twenty seven point lead. They keep it entertaining 
So I kind of like having the chance to study the Chargers carefully. The most interesting bad team is? Probably the Rams, because they are a bad team now. They can't call themselves a good team anymore. They are going to compete with the Cardinals for the basement of the NFC West, and they have a tough schedule right out of the gates. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this goes with Matthew Stafford, who's an old 35, Aaron Donald doing what he can to load it up for one more year with the Rams, and I think he'll be done with the Rams after this year. Sean McVay teetered enough about whether he was going to come back to make that an issue this year, even though he's trying not to make it one. And if the Chargers continue to get better, it makes it even more glaring if the Rams struggle. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, and his new book, Father of Mine, it's about the mob in the early 70s, available online wherever books are sold. Tom Brady, uh, I guess the report out of ESPN is he is going to be buying in as a partner of the Raiders. Your thoughts? It's funny how ESPN reports this very sensitive and developing information about Brady possibly buying part of the Raiders when they knew damn well he was possibly buying part of the Dolphins last year and they never said a word about it. I, I just love to know how they pick and choose which sensitive topics they're going to go well, with. Wait, what, what, why wouldn't they report on the Dolphins? I don't know. I don't know, but plenty of people knew about the Dolphins last year and they kept their mouths shut. And I'd love to know why people kept their mouths shut when they why knew do you damn think? well. Why do you think? I, I, because Tom Brady wasn't okay with it getting out, and he's okay with this getting out, and he wasn't okay with it getting out a year ago. That's my only explanation. So... That's why I thought it was just funny to see it couched as sensitive and developing. If it was sensitive, if it was truly sensitive, they wouldn't be reporting on it because Tom Brady would have told Don Yee to tell Shefty to not report on it. It would have been that simple. I don't want to go that far behind the curtain. I don't want to go too far inside baseball. But that was just, as somebody who covers this every day and is always plugged into the Matrix, I thought it was funny that this gets reported when they knew damn well last year he was going to be part owner of the Dolphins and then play for the Dolphins, and it was Nobody said anything, except us. Help me understand the Jaguars' situation with their stadium. Are they, they, they have to renovate, and then they have to move someplace for their home games, and are they going to go to Orlando? Where do the Jags go? What is it, a two-year period we're talking about coming up? This first popped up on Wednesday. The outgoing mayor of Jacksonville said if they're going to renovate this stadium the way they want to, it's going to be best-case scenario, Dan, two years where the Jaguars can't play in that stadium. I don't know where you find another NFL-ready stadium in town. You're going to have to go somewhere. And their lease runs through 2029. So you're displaced for two years. And if you're going to do this renovation, I'm assuming you're going to extend the lease and you're going to be tied to Jacksonville indefinitely. I just feel like this is the point where it's going to go one way or the other. There's either going to be a renewal of the vowels with Jacksonville, which still will result in two years of playing somewhere else, maybe London, or the clock ticks toward 2029 and out go the Jaguars to London. And I know folks in Jacksonville don't want to hear it, but I remember vividly folks in St. Louis didn't want to hear it when the handwriting was on the wall that the Rams were going to L.A. And everybody knew it except the folks in St. Louis because the NFL was lying to them and the Rams were lying to them about their intentions. In this case, you know, the commissioner talking about a four-team division eventually in Europe. Well, unless it's going to be four expansion teams, a number one choice is the Jaguars. So I just feel like this whole process is so weird that the end result is either going to be Jaguars forever in Jacksonville or Jaguars 
on a steamship to London. Are we more likely to have a Super Bowl? What happens first, Super Bowl outside the United States or a team outside the United States? Team, team. I, I think Super Bowl is something that gets kind of thrown around just for craps and giggles, but it's never going to happen. They're going to start a Super Bowl at 1 a.m. British time to suit our TV pattern. So I, I think it's going to be a team. Once the commissioner talked about four teams, that tells me that this talk of one team that's been around for over a decade isn't just dangling a carrot to get people in Europe interested. At some point, they're going to have to put teams there, starting with two in London and then maybe two in Germany. Well, Is there an expansion city in the United States? I think there would be potential expansion cities. St. Louis would be perfect if the NFL could ever get over the fact that they had to pay St. Louis nearly $800 million for lying their asses off to the people in St. Louis about not moving the Rams to L.A., and they did. They lied and lied, and that's why they paid nearly $800 million to St. Louis when it was all said and done. St. Louis would be perfect. And one thing, I talked to somebody about this within the past year or two. You could justify smaller markets, just build a smaller stadium, because it's now all about TV revenue. For that upper deck on a stadium, you know, I've talked to owners about this. The money that they make and the costs that they incur to fill out an upper deck of an NFL stadium, it's really not worth it. And I think there are some groups now that would say, if we were doing it all over again, we just would get rid of the upper deck. That it's not entailing the profit margin that it justifies. So, you know, you put in Oklahoma City, you put in Columbus, Ohio, you put, you know, there's there's different cities that aren't major, massive 80,000 seat stadiums, you know, are going to be filled up every week. You could put a 40,000 seat stadium there, fill it every week. And as long as those games are on TV, it's a win for the NFL. Have a great weekend, Mike. Good luck with the book. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Good talking to you. Pal. That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.